The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. When the Facts Change is brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network, in partnership with Kiwi Bank, the bank for Kiwi looking to get ahead in business and in life, a bank that delivers expertise and banking know-how, smart advice for business owners wanting to invest, grow their business or diversify, a bank that adapts with technology through the lens of its people and customers, that is a bank with heart that is driven by its purpose, Kiwi making Kiwi better off. If you're a regular listener to When the Facts Change, you'll know that I think absolutely everything is always, always about housing. And if only we could build hundreds of thousands of new, warm, dry, carbon neutral, or even better, carbon negative houses, which means you store carbon in the house itself, then everything would be fine. We would have affordable homes, we would meet our carbon emissions targets and people would be healthier, the planet would be healthier and everyone would be much better off. But of course New Zealand has amongst the most expensive housing in the world. It is mouldy, it is cold, it contributes to the atrocious poverty issue that we have in Aotearoa, and if only we could build so many of these homes affordably, many of our problems would be solved. So I'm always on the lookout for a way to solve these problems, to kill more than two birds with one stone. Just imagine if we could reduce our carbon footprint, store a lot of carbon in a home, make it warmer and drier, and do it a lot cheaper and in the process, uh, compete away a duopoly in the housing materials market. Just imagine if we could do all that. Well, I love a story on when the facts change in which we do do all that, or at least have the opportunity to do it. This week on When the Facts Change, I speak to the co-founder of Geobind, Alice Hostet, who is in Kirikiri, working on a binder a bit like lime, to mix up with water and with hemp herd. Now you might wonder, what is hemp herd? It is essentially the bits left over after you've harvested the hemp. So that's the um, plant that looks a lot like cannabis, but isn't really cannabis, that you grow industrially. And it can be harvested for seeds and for feed and is one of the historically most productive ways to farm land. You get all sorts of good stuff out of it. It also turns out to be one of the most efficient storers of carbon, even more efficient than growing a pine tree. So we could do that in New Zealand. We've only been doing it relatively recently at any sort of scale because of the problems legally and, uh, frankly, culturally with growing large amounts of hemp out in the open. 
Geobind is a way in which we could turn that hemp and suck that carbon out of the atmosphere and use it to build homes. This week on When the Facts Change, we find out from Alice exactly how you do it, the opportunity that's there, and describe what a warm, dry, affordable home built from materials grown in New Zealand that suck up carbon could look like. Because at the moment, most of our homes are built with insulation made of pink, fluffy things. We have fiberboard. We have jibboard, uh, in which a brand becomes the actual product. And we've just had a market study trying to work out how we could improve the cost of building a home. We're also in the process of redesigning our building materials standards to get to net zero by 2030 for building materials themselves. We're also thinking about how we uh, administer our emissions trading scheme so that people can plant trees and get paid credits. Just imagine if you could plant houses and get paid credits. A house, which we think of now as a money pit, could actually be a money tree. That's this week on When the Facts Change. Well, welcome to When the Facts Change, Alice Hosted from Geobind, the co-founder, talking to us from Kitty Kitty. Great to have you on the show. Hi, Bernard. It's so nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm fascinated with the process of building homes and how we could do it differently. Tell us about how you could build a home with something called Geobind and something called Shiv or Hemp Herd. Yeah, so Geobind is a geopolymer binder that myself and Geobind co-founder, Doug Stark, who's also my partner, have developed. And it's a binder that gets used with Hemp Shiv, or also Hemp Herd, which is a, the same thing, different name, um, a byproduct from the um, industrial hemp kind of industry. It's generally a, a, a waste product or used for animal bedding. Um, and you can mix our product with hemp shiv, hemp herd, um, and a bit of water, and it forms a kind of concrete-like to look at um, wet material that you can then use to build your house. So you can use it by um, tipping it into a framing structure around a typical wooden framed type house setup. And with a little bit of compaction, just by hand, it sets and forms a walling system. So it acts as the insulation um, and the um, you render it or, or add whatever exterior cladding you'd like to it and then you've got your whole walling system. So replacing the likes of um, an insulation material, a cavity system and, um, and then your walling finish on top of that. And this wall, hempcrete, how is it uh, different from what we have at the moment, let's say jibboard and pink bats and some weatherboard in terms of how warm it is and, and how it copes with moisture and, and warmth? Yeah, so there are some really huge um, beneficial properties of this product. So namely, and probably a really... Uh, hot one at the moment is that it's 
carbon neutral and is and is also referred to as being carbon negative as well. So we're we're claiming carbon neutral at the moment and doing the testing or certification to confirm carbon negative. Um, but this method of building using hempcrete is really kind of internationally acknowledged as being carbon negative. We just want to make sure we've got the paperwork to <laughs> to confirm that kind of statement. Um, but it has a whole heap of other benefits as well, as you kind of alluded to. So it's what is called hygroscopic. Um, and so that means that it's really good at controlling humidity. It allows humid air to pass through it. So that in turn means that it doesn't get um, mouldy and it makes it kind of reduces your operational carbon emissions as well because it makes for a much easier space to climate control, to heat and cool. Um, it's also because of the minerals that we've used in our binder, it's really safe for application. So silicosis is something that um, where my partner Doug, who's a builder, and has been for 20 years, is particularly wary of in this industry, and asbestosis as well. Um, but because of the type of minerals that we've used, um, which do not include silica, um, there's no risk to the installer in, in that regard. And we have a really, um, an SDS or a safety data sheet that we're really proud of there, because there's no risks identified to installers on that. Um, it's compostable, so the, the shiv, the hemp herd that's used in the binder, naturally occurring products, they can be actually be broken down at the end of life and used as a soil conditioner, um, or you could repurpose it into a um, renovation within your house or in, the, in, in another building if you wanted to. Um, it's also mould resistant, so we talked about it being hygroscopic, um, but it also, the nature of the minerals that are used in it, similar to the more typical lime-based binders, um, they, yeah, they don't, don't promote mould growth. So those things combined make it really critical to addressing the reduction in carbon needed in the New Zealand building industry, but also these healthy homing, home standards, which are, you know, just critical. We, we live in Northland and, um, you know, there's, plenty of examples up here of just really poor housing uh, and a lot of that is you know houses that are built in the 60s and 70s not that long ago when the real push was to try and stop drafty homes but we closed them up too well and didn't consider how to ventilate buildings to make for that kind of safe breathing environment so those are um, those are kind of the key <laughs> The key benefits that we see, but it also has um, fire resilient properties and also acoustic absorbing um, nature as well. So it's kind of hempcrete as a as a building method is really encompassing. <laughs> yeah, so I'm curious about how you could build a home with it because I'm told there's a lot of regulation around building materials um, in the wake of you know leaky buildings and the likes. Uh, a lot of people are nervous about new building materials and the regulators and those uh, policing the types of building materials we have, uh, brands and um, the rules under the, the Building Act uh, can make it difficult to get new building materials in. I mean, is it is it legal for, for me to, to um, build a home with hempcrete at the moment? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And we have actually just had um, our first resource consent issued for a geobind um, project for a residential build up here from the Far North District Council, and it was surprisingly easy. So at the moment, there is a way through the building code, um, I think they're called alternative building um, methods, and it means that you need a um, someone like an engineer to specify the product for you, which with hempcrete, because it's been around for um, centuries, centuries, it's it's there's lots of really evidential-based um, reporting out there that building officers can use to, and, and engineers can use to safely specify that product. And how how is it? How does it stack up cost-wise versus the tradition? Well, when I say traditional, <laughs> the way it's done at the moment with. Uh, uh, insulation material, uh, fiberboard, and um, and plasterboard or bricks. Yeah, so one of the comparisons that we do is a relatively typical type of New Zealand building methodology. You mentioned you have insulation, your cavity system, um, and then say a weatherboard exterior with jib in between. Um, so a geobind walling system is comes in just slightly cheaper per meter square than that kind of walling system which is is you know huge because while you know I would pay more for carbon reduction and and a better environment to live in not everyone would so it's really critical that we can make these products that are good for the environment cost comparative as well because that's where you know if we're looking at the building stock in New Zealand on, on, on a whole a lot of it is mass development um, and for mass development you need competitive prices those are the products that get that get chosen so that price point is a really key factor and do i have to do it on site you know pour the the mixture into the boxing uh, on the actual site or uh, are you looking at um, prefabricating so a lot of these huge projects they like to prefabricate and bring it together at the last minute um, prefabrication is uh, the holy grail in theory um how, how are you going on that front yeah so so at the moment if you wanted to use a geobind product or hempcrete in new zealand then you would use that hand-placed model mixing it on site but we are because of the really unique properties of our binder and the strength that it's portraying there's opportunity for us to move into prefabricated panelized products so we're looking at a sips type structure so um, a structural insulated panel, um, but also just panels kind of like you would replace a, a jib type um, fixture to your house. And so that will really help again, like you're saying with the use of this in a more um, mass type of type of setting. So that's something we're really excited about and we're um, working with existing manufacturer facilities to try and get a product like that to market as soon as possible because it is a bit of a um i think they call it a white space at the moment so there's there's not a lot of innovation happening in the building industry why is that i mean you, you've been a, a planner someone who's thought about how we you know solve some of these problems and you're not the first person to say that the building industry is quite conservative what's going on there um i mean i think it's relatively well accepted that there's quite a hold by a couple of certain companies on, <laughs> on building products 
Um, and I think, you know, regulation is really important, but it is definitely a barrier to moving some of these new products into the space cost effectively. So there's really huge upfront costs to trying to innovate new products. So it means that it is left to those um, couple of players who have the big the big money and the existing markets to be able to push new products in. Um, so I think that's one of the handbrakes. I'm sure there's many others. I guess you need demand. Um, but And I think the regulation change that's happening is going to really help that. So there are moves in regulation to help target the um, Net Zero 2050 requirements. And um, I guess when, as they filter down through into regulation, they will really create the need for a step change in the industry. But I don't know how they're going to be able to activate it as quickly as they need to when there's just very little options out there. So we're really hoping to jump on the coattails of that and be in a position where we can be first to market. When the Facts Change is brought to you in partnership with KiwiBank to help you understand the issues affecting the economy. And that's what their team of experts is here to do too. Here's KiwiBank's Chief Economist, Jared Kerr, on what's happening with inflation in 2024. Globally, inflation rose to really high levels. We saw inflation averaging over 10% uh, last year. Now central banks have reacted. They've tightened monetary policy. They've lifted interest rates to levels where it hurts. We've seen growth slow down and we're seeing inflation coming off, which is great news because we import a lot of inflation from the rest of the world and that imported inflation is easing. So half the job that we're trying to do locally is is being done for us offshore. The other half, the domestic bit, well, that's the tough bit. That's the sticky inflation that's coming out of a housing market, it's coming out of construction, it's coming out of service industries, and it's going to be hard to contain. Visit kiwibank.co.nz to stay up to date with detailed economic analysis and forecasts from Jared and other KiwiBank experts. They take big issues from both here and overseas and make them relevant to Kiwi businesses. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. And one of the things uh, that I'm curious about with um, carbon neutral or carbon negative uh, materials is the idea, uh, a bit like a forest planter, that I can get some carbon credits out of this, that in the process of spending money to build a house, someone might give me money to store carbon in the house. Is that a, is that a possibility? Imagine that. I mean, it, it could be under the current framework and the emissions trading scheme framework that we work under currently in New Zealand, um, hemp isn't a listed woody biomass that they use in their calculations. Um, but that's not how it works elsewhere in the world. Uh, and so we're really keen to kind of be involved in conversations around how we get 
other woody mass materials like hemp included in that framework so that you can do exactly that, so that you can be rewarded for um, off, not only offsetting your building footprint emissions, but then also the continued sequestering that that product can do. Because you're saying that once the hempcrete has been um, set and put in place, it actually does absorb some carbon as well. So this is after the growing process. Yeah, to a degree. And we are yet to kind of have that piece of work done in New Zealand um, to just, you know, make sure that those internationally made statements are factual to the New Zealand setting. And that's because it costs a lot of money to do that. <laughs> so, um, But... That's something that we really want to do because we think there's a real opportunity there to, I guess, lobby and get this type of woody biomass included on that list. And I'm just curious whether you could actually build 50,000 homes in New Zealand, which is around uh, what we produce at the moment, with hempcrete, because uh, that's an awful lot of st stuff. Do we grow enough hemp? Is there enough easily accessible material that you you produce in terms of geobind? Mm, so so for the binder, yeah, that's, that's totally achievable. Where the crunch point for us at the moment is the... Um, hemp production mm. so it's a relatively new industry in New Zealand I think it was during kind of COVID that um, Doug and I really came across hemp building as a as a way to build um, Doug was looking at how he could uh, move his construction business to forward in these kind of sustainability focused times um, and we were also looking at materials to use for our house and we came across hemp as this international way of um, tested way of building but there wasn't at that point um, much of a hemp industry in New Zealand so since then it has really taken off predominantly for um, food and fibres and there's this waste the shiv the herd that we use but at the moment they're producing around a thousand tonnes um, I believe and so that is um, just doing a quick calculation so sorry it's a thousand hectares a year so that's about enough for a thousand homes but you know like any industry it's going to be driven by demand we don't have a shortage of land space it's a super easy to grow crop um, it doesn't require any or very little water and can be grown and almost all soil conditions that we experience here in New Zealand. So as soon as there's a demand for this, what is now waste product, the shiv, um, there's nothing stopping this becoming more commonly grown in, in New Zealand for sure. And just to be clear, this is different from a cannabis plant, which may have maybe grown for um, medicinal cannabis or whatever. Yeah, so it's a totally legal crop to to grow in New Zealand. Yeah. And we could really grow this on any existing farmland um, instead of, you know, dairy farms or sheep farms or even forests. Yeah, it's incredibly diverse and, and easy to grow. I think I understand that there are, you know, depending on what you grow it for, whether you're growing it for the food, the fibre or the, or the woody shiv, 
you might experience better conditions depending on or better growth conditions throughout the country but um, the shift that we need is very um, uh, you know not really impacted as much as the as the food crop might be by different conditions so yeah it could be grown anywhere throughout the country um, and relatively easily as well there is actually I believe that um, Dairy NZ did some work a while ago into how hemp growth or hemp might be used as a not sure if it was for a fodder crop but yeah no for a break crop um, because it also has some good soil conditioning properties um, but I think because of the I don't know you know what that industry is like anything slight that might show up in the milk products that aren't that wouldn't usually is a is a big no. Yeah. Mm. Alice Hosted, thank you so much for being on When the Facts Change. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Cheers. When the Facts Change was brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network, together with KiwiBank. Visit kiwibank.co.nz to find out how KiwiBank are making Kiwi better off. Kia ora e te iwi, Kiaihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.